Folks, welcome to Better Than Vegas. This is our UFC show. And of course, this week we're going over UFC Vegas 54, Blahovich versus Rakic. I'm Kyle, the DFS Bachelor. Of course, that beautiful son of a bitch below us is Eric Etoff21. For the longest time, I thought it was E.T. And I thought you just loved the movie like I did. It was really funny when you're like, that's not what it is. You're mo you're a moron. And then it sort of makes, I don't know why my brain does weird things like that. But uh, regardless, I digress. And of course, you all know I'm up there with his beautiful shirt from Old Smoke Clothing. I don't bet I win. Mr. Leo, don't forget promo code Gino right there for free shipping. Go to oldsmokeclothing.com slash BTV and give that a look as well. So, Eric, first of all, it's Friday, finally. We got some NBA, or it's Saturday, I should say. Uh, we do not have NBA action today. We will probably, we will have some on Sunday. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, you know, we record this a little early. It's fine. It's good to record UFC shows a little early before they come out to get some lines and see how they move, actually. There's there's a lot of uh, pros and cons. I could spend the whole show talking about that. Uh, but how you doing today, Eric? You know, no complaints, no birds in the background, actually inside today in the AC. So, you know, I'm living life. Yeah, I miss the birds. I'm not going to lie. I, uh, I I like the birds. Leo, how you doing? It's uh, Look, this isn't the greatest fight card in the world, right? Uh, there's nope. some real duds on here. But, uh, hey, we got we got some uh, legends. You know, we got Michael Rumble Johnson in here. Yana Rakic is a decent uh, main event. Got some wild men like Ian Kudalaba in here. Uh, so, uh, you know, Caitlin Chukagian, I think you could say when she's all said and done, she might go in the women's hall of fame. She's sort of been an upper echelon gatekeeper championship contender for a long time in the women's division. So, uh, Friday, I know you've been, uh, having a hard day with tennis. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't, don't fucking get me started. I had, <laughs> I had an over 19 and a half. It was mm -hmm. seven, six. I'm mm -hmm. sitting there. All I need is the girl to get one game. One game in the second set, and I win. Six love second set. And then, to top oh. it off, the dagger, Maria Sakari, plus 160 on the money line. Up 6-1, 5-2, serving forward at 30 love, found a way to lose. That is how my Friday is gone, but that Oof. is okay. I used up all my bad luck here because this is Saturday. We know what happened last night. Jason Tatum scored 50 in the Celtics Forest game set. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! It's gonna be funny if, if that if that acts absolutely happens. You know, then it'll be uh, fucking people genius. are gonna be so confused. Like, wait, are they doing this live on Saturday, or is this filmed on Friday? What the fuck is actually going on here? Uh, I like it. <laughs> UFC Vegas fifty four. We do this every week, folks. We're gonna talk if there's UFC fights. We're gonna talk them. We're gonna go over the main card, and of course, give out a pick or two that we like. Uh, in the prelims, I know Eric, you have a couple you like a lot. I only have one. one. I was mistaken. Oh, I only have oh one. there we my go. Fault. So back down to one of the prelims. I have one my of the bad. prelims too. My bad. My bad. And I got to tell you, I mean, I, I mean, we'll talk about a couple of prelims when we get to. It. But let's talk about this first card. I believe on the main fight, Alan Nascimento plus one eighty five underdog against Jake Hadley making his debut. He's another alum of the Dana White Contender Series. You can have him at minus two twenty five. Leo, let's start with you first. Nascimento Hadley, I think we had differing differing opinions before the show. We're talking about this. What do you like in this yep. fight? I'm actually going Nascimento here. I see that this is I see some value here at the plus 185. I mean, he looked pretty good against the Garrett UFC 267. If we're being honest, I thought he won that fight. I was on to Garrett in that one by decision. I got very lucky. I really think Nascimento was better in that fight, though. Um Hadley, he's 8-0. He's looked fantastic. He's really good on the ground. He only really has one move to finish on the ground, though. It's the rear naked choke. Um, I know Nascimento is going to have some problems getting up. If he can find a way to just 
get on top originally. I think that he's going to have an edge here. I think this one goes to the decision. I think he's going to win by split this shit. Excuse me, split decision. This is a 50-50 fight, in my opinion, though, because you do have uh, Hadley, who this is going to be his first fight in the UFC, the Dana White Contender Series. I've been burned on that a lot. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna take a stab here. Plus 185. Yeah, I think the fight does go to decision. I, I'm looking. It's This line has moved down. Now you can get value on not even taking a winner, just saying, hey, fight to decision, minus 125. That's no problem. You can add that to any parlay piece, too. I, I agree with that this fight goes to decision. Eric, you got anything on this fight? I'm on the same side as Leo. I took the plus 180. Um, step up for Haley in competition. I feel, and I'm going to butcher this name because I can't pronounce names at all. Nashimento, did I say that right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Nashimento. Um, I just feel he's got the jiu-jitsu advantage, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu advantage. I think he's going to be able, you know, to control the stuff on the ground. And I think he gets the decision victory, but I just played him at plus the 188. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind the value. There certainly is value anytime you're getting a, a debuting fighter at minus 225. That means they're telling you they think he wins this fight 70 out of 100 times. I'm not yeah. sure that's the case, right? Uh, but when you watch the fight, you know, when you watch Nascimento, he can't get up. And, when, you know, I know it's yeah. against lower level, but when Hadley gets him on the ground, he seems to have good transitions. He's able to sort of smother guys, keep them on the ground. His striking's not all that bad. He uses his striking to level change. I also think if you want to take – I like the fight but by decision, minus 125. Take the guesswork out of it. Just hope it goes all three rounds, and I really think this does. Uh, I do agree maybe a sprinkle if you want to take Nascimento by submission. Some of that BJJ comes into effect when they're on the ground at plus 450. That might be an interesting way to play him if you want to give yourself a better value taking the underdog. But Hadley by decision, plus 100, I think makes sense too. But it's an interesting one in the uh, – yeah, it's a shame that this is on the main card. I know Nascimento did look decent against Tagir. Uh, I'm tending to lean Hadley by decision here, but I like the fight overall decision, minus 125. I'll probably have a sprinkle on that. Uh, anything else on this fight, guys? Nope. Uh, let's move on to our next one. And uh, this first guy, I appreciate him having such a glass jaw. Frank Camacho, plus 105 underdog against Manuel Torres. Frank Camacho, for those of you who may be wondering who he is, you may remember a huge underdog named Justin James who make, made his debut, came out just throwing haymakers, somehow landed a bomb and knocked this guy out in the first round. He was on my DFS lineup. I came in like fourth place that day on FanDuel. It was a really nice winning day, and a lot of that was because I just faded Frank Camacho. Now, this one, I actually think Camacho is a live dog here, and uh, – I want to hear what you guys have to say about this fight first, and, and I'll tell you what I think. Uh, Eric, let's start with you on this one. Camacho Torres, uh, what do you got in this one? Same side. I think Camacho is really live here. I actually bet him at plus 112. Um, you know, this is his first fight since the car accident in 2018. I'm a good – I love a good story. Coming back, mm -hmm. get in the win. Torres, he's only been out of the first round once, and that was 2018 in one of the lower-level flights. You know, I just, I just feel that Torres hasn't – has an advantage here. No, sorry. Camacho has an advantage just because Toros has a reputation of just being very careless in the octagon, and Camacho is going to be able to take advantage of that, and that's why I find value on Camacho plus the 112. Yep. Agreed. Leo, what do you think, Camacho Torres? I love Torres here. I think Torres is my play of the night. I'm taking him on the money line at minus 125. I mean, this just feels like two fighters that are going in opposite directions. I mean, you have Camacho, who lost four of his last five fights. I know he hasn't been around for a while. Kyle, you mentioned that he has a class jaw. Uh, 
Eric, you make a good point that Torres is about is a bit careless. But Kyle just mentioned in uh, Camacho's last fight, you had one dude that's just sitting out there throwing haymakers. He wasn't all that careful. It doesn't matter against this dude. He's got a glass shot. Uh, Torres has been very, very good. He's finished each of his last three fights in the first round. Now, I know last fight when I talked about it, I was a little concerned about Hadley. This was his first UFC fight. I have the same concern in this one. But it just feels like Manuel Torres is just ready to take off. I like his style. Uh, I think that we're getting a really good price considering um, the trajectory of Camacho's career. I'm all over Torres in this one. Yeah, this one, uh, Frank Camacho, I don't know if you guys saw the weigh-ins. Uh, he's never looked like this. This is the best he's ever looked. He's in fantastic shape. It looks like the time off really helped him, especially when you sort of have an embarrassing loss like he did against James, and you mentioned the car accident. For me, it's when you look at who these guys have fought outside of Justin James, Frank Camacho has fought really, really good competition here. And again, we have another guy, Emmanuel Torres, who hasn't fought anybody. Uh, so I do think Camacho's a live dog. The one thing about Torres that I worry about, you mentioned he's a wild guy. He finishes a lot of his fights early. If this fight goes the second, third round, what's his cardio going to be like? How is he going to look when he's putting everything into all these shots? If Camacho's able to weather the storm early, I think Camacho by decision, you're getting that at four to one, I think makes a lot of sense if this goes to decision. I don't think Camacho puts him away. Uh, you're more likely to get a Torres knockout, which, by the way, is a two to one. So if you want to add a little value, that's probably a better way. The, if Torres wins this fight, it's probably by earlier knockout. The longer this fight goes, the more it favors Camacho. And this could be, hey, maybe Torres has an awesome round one where he is all over. Maybe he hurts Camacho a little bit. Then you bet the live dog in the second, third rounds. You live bet Camacho at even a better number because you got to wonder about the cardio of Manuel Torres. Uh, anything else on this fight, guys? Do you think there'll be value on uh, betting Camacho? I think live betting. I think yeah. live betting. I, I I think that Torres has a really good chance of winning the first round. That's what he's known for, right? Is as being very aggressive in the first round. We've sort of seen, you know, it's been a while for Camacho since he fought, right? And all the things that happened, there might be a little bit of rust. He might sit back just a little bit. So you could see a scenario where all of a sudden live you're getting five or six to one on Camacho yeah. and he's got the cardio advantage. Watch the end of that first round. Check out the body language of Manuel Torres. If he looks like he's starting to gas just a little bit, if Camacho's able able to maybe get him into the clinch against the cage and Torres isn't able to spin out because his cardio, jump on that live betting odds after the first round that maybe Torres has won. I, I think that makes a ton of sense. So let me throw this out then. Would it be smart to go with Torres to win in round one at plus 250 and then take, um, take Camacho to win by decision? I think both are uh, live, and uh, if either one happens, you're making money. So I think those those make a lot. Camacho uh, Torres in round one, by the way, is at three to one. So I don't know if that's so much better than two to one, where I could just take him by knockout in any round. I, I might uh, give myself more options there, but uh, I do suspect if this goes to rounds two or three, you're going to see a tired Torres and Camacho will have the cardio advantage, which would lead me to uh, take him by decision. Uh, next fight. Uh, this one to me, I think should be priced differently. I think this is a much bigger match, uh, mismatch in the ring than it is on paper. You've got Amanda Hebos plus 150 taking on Caitlin Chukagian minus 185 favorite. Look, we've got Hebos moving up in weight. Caitlin Chukagian, it looked like you know, three years ago, like she was starting to go downwards especially after fights with, I want to say it was Jessica Andrade, if I remember correctly. Yeah. She has really turned it on. She's starting to sit on her punches. There is not a woman 
in any of the female divisions who throws more volume. I mean, maybe Angela Hill, but uh, Caitlin Shukagian is going to throw a ton of volume. She's terrific on the ground. She has terrific jiu-jitsu, well-rounded fighter. She's going to have a six-inch height advantage, a massive reach advantage, an advantage on the ground, an advantage on the feet. This is all Caitlin Chukagian for me. Leo, let's start with you. What do you think, Kibos Chukagian? Yeah, I mean, I went back and forth in this fight. Um, you know, we talked a little bit before we uh, before we started to record this, and I think you kind of convinced me. Originally, what I had jotted down here was Rebos inside the decision, where if it does go to decision, uh, there's no action on it. You can find it at minus 110. But you know what, Kyle? I really think that you, you kind of persuaded me. I'm going to go with Chikagian here by decision just yep. because 14 of her 17 wins have been by decision. Yes. Um, it's one of those things that you got to look for the best price too because when I was looking earlier, you can find it anywhere from minus 130 to even money. Uh, you can find it even money right now. Uh, it was at Bet Online, I believe, earlier. So you know what? I'm going to go with Kikagian because of the size advantage by decision uh, even money. Yeah, I like it. I'm looking at plus 100 right now at BetMGM, Chikagian by decision. I think it makes a ton of sense. Eric, uh, what do you like in this fight? Going the underdog here or are we sticking with Caitlin Chikagian? I'm going the underdog. Um, get everything you're saying. Like, I understand Amanda's got a glass chin. She can be knocked out. I understand she's smaller. Doesn't have the reach advantage, but I do feel she's more athletic. I do feel like on the ground there's not as big as mismatch. Um she did give me a follow on Instagram too, so that's also has to like kind of follow, okay. you know, in the uh, okay. in the handicap. Hey, so, um, and he a sneaky good Instagram follow. I know, I know. Um, but like, I just feel like she, it's not. She's not going to lose inside the distance. Okay, right. if, no. we've seen freaky stuff happen when it goes in decision. We've all seen it. It happened with me. I had Arlovski last fight. He did not win that fight by decision. Sometimes no. these judges are just blind mice. I took the plus 150 just because it's going to go to decision. I feel Amanda could catch her on the ground in a submission. I I went that way. Uh, I mean, yeah, to your point, the UFC judges are so bad. I was sort of the I was the benefactor of Blagoy last last week. I don't I'm not sure he necessarily won that fight by decision, but we got the split. But I was also the victim, Clayton Rodriguez. I thought he won that fight. Uh, I had our Robert. I had Arlovski and. I'll I'll admit it. He didn't win that fight at all. Oh no no! Fight by uh, yeah, Jake Collier won that fight. It was crystal oh, yeah. clear. That 100%. wasn't even close. And but yeah. uh, UFC judges are uh, they're strange. They're a different breed. They're I get they're worse than boxing judges. They just don't know what they're looking for. I really think they should just have the commentators score the fights. I mean, who knows more about fighting and what you're looking for in the ring than Daniel Cormier and Michael Bisping and Paul Felder? I mean, those guys should be judging the fights. These other judges don't know what they're looking at. It's it's uh, and it's just inconsistent. Like it's really just inconsistent from card to card, fight to fight. There's yeah. like yeah, should you, be you don't know how they're judging there. takedowns, or you don't know how they're yeah. judging ground control, ground strikes. Seems like they don't count ground strikes. For those of you who play DFS, you know you never get your credit for your ground strikes. You're always like, come on, there was 80 more ground strikes landed <laughs> than you gave me points for. It's very frustrating. Uh, I'm not playing DFS anymore uh, for the second time in three weeks. I'm sick and tired of, of UFC DFS. Last week, it was uh, I had a lot of Joe Lozon. Of course, after they oh. already make it fight active, the fight gets called off because Donald Cerrone comes out and says he's been sick all day. Even, I mean, they could have told us hours beforehand, but they lock you in. You can't change it. You have absolutely no chance of winning anything, and that's happened. Uh, it happened a few weeks before that with Alexander Romanov and the Chase Sherman fight. 
Yeah. Uh, of course, they ended up making that fight up, but I've gotten burned a couple of times, so I'm done with the UFC bullshit on DFS. I'm, and until they make it late swap, they can fuck off. I'm not playing. Just the style. I'm not doing it. I hate the scoring on DFS mm-hmm. for it's UFC. Bad. I feel like this. Like, what's your take on this? I feel if you have a fighter win in the first round, that should be the most bonus. You know what I mean? Because like, if you win in the first round, you basically dominate the fight. For someone to grind out like a decision, I get more points than someone that wins in the first round. Just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, the bonus needs to be bigger. I think that I think like on DraftKings, they give you ninety points for a first round win, and then you get thirty if you win. Yeah. If you finish it in the third round, and I don't think you get anything for the decision, or maybe you get twenty points. I can't remember. Uh it just needs to be more. And yeah. they need to they need to call the, the ground strike. You just don't get enough credit for yeah. the ground strikes. They don't they don't count the ground strikes, and you you know what you saw. Uh, it's it just gets to be a uh, a little bit frustrating. Then you play on FanDuel because DraftKings fucked me over. I got I know the guy that runs DraftKings. I've known him for a long time, and they fucked us over here in Oregon to buy the sports books. So you can't play DraftKings in Oregon anymore. You can only play FanDuel. Well, you want a real dog shit experience? Do the UFC DFS contest on FanDuel. Because the pricing's stupid, the scoring's stupid, the format's stupid, the whole thing is fucking stupid. Uh, <laughs> I'm, done with it. I'm done with it. You feel better I, now that you let that out? Oh, God, he pisses me off. I have called that guy every name in the book to his face. He can fuck off. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, our next fight, one of my least favorite fighters of all time, Louis Smolka, plus 240 versus Davey Grant, one of my favorite fighters of all time, minus 300. Might be a little overjuiced here for Davy Grant, uh, but we know Luis Smolka. What Luis Smolka are we going to get? Are we going to get the guy with drug problems who doesn't really want to train, who doesn't really want to try? Are we getting an invested Luis Smolka? Eric, let's start with you first here. Smolka plus 240, Grant 300. Grant, just a parlay piece. You got to get creative. Or you got to get Smolka. I think Grant, like, you hit the nail on the head. Like, you can't trust Smolka. Like, how much does he want to train? He's had alcohol abuse in the back. Like, how how hard was it to make the weight? Um, I, and plus, I just feel Grant's bigger, stronger, and Smolka doesn't have the power. Grant was able to survive Vera. Like, you right. know what I mean? That that fight went to this decision. We saw how bad Vera messed up the other guy in the last fight. I can't do anything here. I think Grant wins, but I'm, I can't get invested in any way. Yeah, agreed. I mean, the only way so so David Grant does have four career losses in his UFC career. All four losses were by submission, yeah. and we've seen some nasty submissions. When Smolka is engaged, we've seen him have some impressive submissions. So, if you just hate Davy Grant and you're desperate to to bet Smolka, the only way he's not winning this fight by decision. David Grant will outwork him till David Grant will knock him out before Luis Smolka. I don't know if can knock out anyone. The only way Luis Smolka is winning this fight is by submission. You can get that at seven to one. So if that's something, if you're if you're hell bent on Smolka, which I don't know why you would be, but if you're hell bent on Smolka, you take him by submission at seven to one and, and juice the odds up. Uh, Leo, what do you got in this fight? All right, I got creative in this one too. I think Davy Grant should win this fight. He's definitely a parlay piece for me, uh, but I'm not going to play the single that kind of juice. Got a little creative. I'm actually going to take him to win this in round two because you're going to get a really good price here at plus 500. Now, Smolka's last seven fights have not gotten through two rounds. Um, He's lost three of those seven. He got knocked out a couple times. Um, Davies won three of his last six fights, but in those three wins, he hasn't really finished. He hasn't finished anybody in the first round. His other two finishes were in the second and third round. I think Smolka's going to hang around. I think eventually he gets gassed. Like you mentioned, the concerns about how hard does he really want to work? How much does he give a damn? I think he gets through one round, but eventually Davey just takes control and takes care of things in round two. Plus, again, 
you're going to get plus 500, definitely worth a shot. Yeah, I like the little uh, the round pick there. Uh, and if you look, if you just do basic MMA math here, so you have a big favorite in David Grant minus 300. So they're saying he wins this fight 80, 85% of the time, right? 80 out of 100 times, something like that. I'd have to do the exact math, but somewhere in that general range. If you look at just how the fight will finish, knockout or TKO is favored at minus 125. You have submission 175, decision plus 150. So you take David Grant, the minus 300 favorite, by knockout, which is favored, plus 100. I think I think David Grant gets a knockout. I don't mind the round two trying to get some five to one, but if I'm getting even money, plus you know, even money there on the knockout here again against a guy that I know will wilt in Luis Smolka, I'll take it. I I will never ever bet Luis Smolka again. He'll never be in another DFS lineup for me again. Luis Smolka, he just has no heart. Luis Smolka has no heart. I love David Grant here. I think he gets it done, and I'll have him as part. Uh, he'll be on near my top ticket as a parlay piece uh on saturday night just uh, i think he's the he's a huge favorite but he, it's the right price in my view uh just nothing about louis smolka excites me at all like i said if i take smolka if you're watching this and you think i'm a fucking moron and you think you know better than i do and that louis smolka is going to win then you may as well take him by submission and get that seven to one price uh co-main event anything else on that fight guys before we move on on to the co-main event Co-main event, Ion Kutalaba, the Hulk. Remember, this guy used to paint himself green for fights. This guy is a crazy person, minus 225 favorite. Against Ryan Spann, you can have him at plus 185. Leo, let's start with you here on the co-main event. Kutalaba, Spann, what do you got in this one? Give me the dog here. I mean, Kutalaba has not looked good in his last four fights. Uh, he's only won one of those. He had one no contest, uh, excuse me, one draw, um, and he got knocked out twice. He only has two knockouts since 2015. He has not been great. Uh, spam isn't all that great, but I think that he's going to be able to control the ground. 11 of his 19 wins have been by submission. Um, 10 of his last 13 fights have ended in the first round. He's seven and three there. I don't think this fight's going to last very long. I think Ryan Spam's a live dog. Uh, don't really love the fight, but I do love the price. Plus 190. Yeah, I'm sign me up, coach. It's a, I mean, Ian Kudalaba is very untrustworthy, right, Eric? Like this guy is someone who's really hard to trust. He's a wild son of a bitch. What do you think about this fight? My first no is mental midgets. Like, I feel that these guys make yeah. mistakes in the octagon that cost mm -hmm. them rings. And with how that is, I can't trust anyone and back them. Um, yeah. You know, if Span, you know, is Span going to be able to catch him in a choke? You know, is Kupala, I, I don't know if I said that name right, is he going to get gassed by how many takedown after takedown after takedown he does? Because he can't hold, he's not going to be able to, historically, he has not been able to hold fighters on the ground. Too many questions. I don't trust either one's mental game. This is just a pure pass. I have no idea what the hell to do with this. I I agree. And, and you watch some Ryan Spann fights too, and you're like, is this guy even? It's and like you're watching. Like, what, you're like, what the hell is he doing? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Just like, what is it? Just like, accidentally. What are you doing? Makes yeah. No fucking sense whatsoever. Yeah. Kudalaba. I mean, I've taken this guy as a fucking favorite and watched him get fucking doused in the first round because he's such a fucking moron. Uh, absolutely nothing here for me in this fight. I will say this. You're getting no – I mean, how are you supposed to bet it? So, Kudalaba, he wins by probably catching him early, throwing something wild. He wins by knockout, right? He's not going to the cards and beating anybody. That's still minus 135. You want to take anyone no. by knockout at minus 135? No, no fucking right. way. Uh, I, there's just not a bet that looks good to me on this card. The only one I would consider making 
you mentioned can span grab him by decision when Kudalaba gas is out. You can get that at plus 750. So if you're just hard up, you've had a bad night, you got to put money on something, you don't want to touch the main event, I guess throw a sprinkle on span by submission, but both these guys stink. No way I'm ever taking Ian Kudalaba as a minus 225 favorite over anybody. I, I can't even think, I can't think of anyone in that division who I'd honest to God take him as that big of a favorite against. I mean, no matter where they're ranked, that is just, I mean, who, right? I'm thinking right now, like, who? Nobody. I have right? no idea, man. That's yeah. That's just, I mean, maybe a guy in the like the Alaska circuit or something who's never fought in front of more than thirty people. Anytime they have one of those yeah. fighters come from Alaska, I instantly fade them, and they all lose every time. I don't know what's going on with you up there in Alaska. I'm sorry, but you're a bunch of pussies. Uh, <laughs> that's just the that's just the bottom line. Uh, <laughs> lava. Someone comes down. We're in a bar. Hey, I UFC fight in Alaska. Okay, cool. I'm gonna kick the shit out of you. Uh, I feel pretty good about my chances. Uh, let's move on to the main event here. Jan Blahovich, former champion, making his first fight since losing to Glover Teixeira, plus 165 underdog against Alexander Rakic, minus 200 favorite against the number one contender and former champ, Jan. Got a big size advantage here for Alexander Rakic. He's going to be the bigger man in the ring, absolutely. Eric, let's start with you on the main event. Break it down, Rakic, Blahovich. Can stop the takedowns? That's the million-dollar question. And how is he going to respond with him being his first fight back after losing the title? Is he going to be willing to put in the work, the training to get back to the top of the mountain? We saw when he faced um, when he won the title. Um, if Rakic just decides to try to outwork, outbox instead of just doing the takedowns, I think it opens stuff up. But again, this is one I don't like betting when I have a lot of questions. And this is yeah. one of the fights that I can see break like 15 different ways. Because of that, it is a stay away from me. But with how it's priced, it's hard not to take the dog here. It kind of feels a little trappy to me. It is trappy. It feels real trappy. Leo, what do you think about this fight? Rakic. Rakic, a big favorite, a heavy favorite here. Uh, I'm falling for the trap. 100% going to fall for the trap here. I love Jan Blahovic. He's one of those guys that just. I'm not I haven't been totally into the UFC like over the last decade. It's more been like the last five years. And especially when COVID hit and they were still going, I was just like, Yeah, I'm all in here. I mean, that's I'm all there was. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was the perfect time for me to learn the sport. And listen, dude, this guy just keeps paying me off. He had a bad, bad loss to uh to share there. I love this guy. At worst, this is a 50-50 fight here. Um and when it's a 50-50 match fight, doesn't matter to the sport. I'm taking the underdog. I've always had that philosophy. That philosophy has always paid me off. And especially when I'm getting a good price here. I mean, I found him at plus 170 on the money line. This is a tough son of a bitch. You got Rackets. You guys have already had questions about him. This guy's never gone five rounds before. Blahovich has been there. He's done it. He, he knows that if he loses this fight because of his age – He's probably never going to get a title shot. I think he's going to be motivated. He's going to be ready. You know for a fact this dude is going to take it seriously. He's been five rounds before. I, I love I love the price that I'm getting here. Again, it's a 50-50. It's possible that Rakic can pull this off. But Blahovic at this price, I mean, it's – I don't know how you pass this up. Well, this one's tough for me. Uh, this is probably going to be the most boring fight of the night. 
Uh, Rakic, we know what he likes to do. He's 6'3 in this division. So he's 6'4 in this division. He's going to have the size advantage over Jan. When you watch Alexander Rakic fight, what does he like to do? He likes to stay at range, use his leg kicks. And when he gets you down, he's not really aggressive with his ground and pound. He's just trying to smother the guy and hold him down. Sort of a lot like Jan did to Israel Adesanya when they fought, right? When Adesanya tried to come up and Jan just sort of laid on him for five rounds and got a boring decision. This one's going to remind you're going to hear some boos in this main event. You're going to see Rakic staying outside. You're going to see a lot of leg kicks. Uh, Jan's only path to victory, in my opinion, in this fight is going to be by knockout. So if you take Jan, I would take him at the plus 450 by knockout. I don't see him winning this decision. It's going to be harder for him to get in range the way that Rakic fights. And we saw what Jan looked like on the ground against Glover. He looked lost. He didn't know what to do when he was on the bottom. It was He was doing things that didn't make any sense that you wouldn't expect an experienced MMA fighter, especially a champion, to do. I know Glover's very good on the ground, and we ended up hitting a 7-1 to one that night by submission. So I told everyone, we talk about a lot. He has one path to victory. You may as well take that juice. Glover's not winning by knockout. He's not winning by decision. He's going to submit you. Same with Alexi Olenek uh, a few weeks ago. So you take those, those paths to victory that you know are going to be there. For me, Jan's only path to victory is to catch Rakic, get inside the range somehow, get through those leg kicks, and get past that massive reach and size advantage that I believe Rakic has. When you see them in the ring, you're going to say, holy shit, Rakic is the bigger man here. Uh, and if he if when he's not doing leg kicks, he's just going to lay and smother him. I think Rakic, by decision, at plus 200, makes a little bit of sense here. I, I don't see either one of these guys quitting. I don't see either one of these guys being submitted. It's either Jan by knockout or Rakic by submission. You get Jan by knockout plus 450. Rakic by decision plus 200. Uh, tough fight. I'll probably have Rakic by decision on my parlay. And then if that's still live going to the end, I will do a hedge over to Blahovich by knockout. That's like not worried that it, that it like hasn't it. gone five rounds? I mean, yeah, of course it worries me. But the way he fights is not an exhausting – he doesn't fight at an exhausting pace. This isn't a high-paced guy. So he should have plenty of cardio to go five rounds. Again, you're going to see a ton of leg kicks, and you're just going to see, see him lay on top of Jan. And we haven't seen out of Jan the ability to get up or make things difficult for anybody from the bottom. So it's not really going to be gassing him out, laying on top of Jan Blahovich and having uh, ground control. So I think uh, by submission makes a lot of sense. But again, it could be a live betting spot. Maybe he's won the banked a few early rounds and he starts to gas in the fourth round and Jan still looks like he has a little something in the tank, then maybe you, you live bet a knockout in that round. Uh, I don't see Jan winning this by decision. Uh, I know he took out Asanya by decision, but he's not going to have that sort of size and ground advantage that Rocket that uh, he's going to have against Rockets tonight. So uh, Rockets by decision plus 200 or Blahovich by KO plus 450. Anything else on the main event from you two gentlemen? Nope. Let's get to the prelims. We all like to pick our favorite uh, uh, prelim play. I actually had a couple I was considering. I know Eric did too, but he went back down to one. Eric, give us your first prelim, your uh, favorite play on the uh, prelims. I went with my girl, Angie Hill, via decision. Plus two that was going to be mine. That was going to be mine. That's, that's my play. She has good cardio. I think she's got the edge in Muay Thai and kickboxing. Her defense stopping takedowns is 78%. That's pretty good, and it keeps yeah. improving time after time after time. The last time she won, that wasn't a decision, was back in 2020. So if she does win, it is going to be by decision. I'll take the plus 220. Yeah, I really, I mean, you do not know how close that. I had that typed out and erased it for mine, and I'm a little nervous. Verna just 
scares me a little bit. When I her last yeah. couple fights, Verna has looked really good. Uh, but Angela Hill by decision, I'm telling you, was a sea hair away from being uh, my prelim pick. Leo, what do you got in prelims? I'm completely opposite. I didn't like a whole lot on the prelim card. I was really searching for something. I wanted something of value just to kind of have that tickle. Uh, I picked this fight. I was leaning toward Verna by decision, but you can't get a fantastic price just because Angie uh, Angie Hill goes the distance so often. 17 of her last 24 fights have gone uh, to decision. I'm going to get fancy, though. I'm going to take Verna by submission. I think that she's going to have a chance. And, yes, I know that Angie Hill's uh, takedown defense has been very, very good. But if she can get her down there, I think that she's going to be in big trouble. Like you said, Kyle, Verna has looked very good in her last few fights. Um, and Verna has won 13 of her 17 fights by submission. Mm -hmm. I think that you have a real chance to make some profit here at plus 275. I think it's worth a sprinkle. Very interesting. God, we, we need someone. We need like an official stat keeper or like bet keeper to tell us all the things that we owe each other from the different shows on the bets. Because I don't know how many shots I owe. I need to get to the liquor store. But I know Ryan on here. He seems to keep track of it just fine. There, there's some shit here. I know there's some bets here that we're going to owe some shots next week uh, for the UFC show. For me, I was really close on Angela Hill. But anytime I see Alan Patrick on the card, I know it's time to fade. Uh, even though Michael Rumble Johnson's way past his prime and uh, we've seen him do some really stupid things after some fast starts in his recent fights. I don't see either one of these guys finishing the other guy and I don't see Alan Patrick beating anyone in any fight in any way, shape or form. He's one of the worst MMA fighters I've ever watched in the octagon. Uh, if you wanted this fight just to go decision overall, it's minus 165, but I think Michael Johnson wins this by decision. I'm taking it at plus 150. Uh, he just, he's, he's a veteran. He's going to figure out some of the mistakes he made and don't worry. Alan Patrick isn't going to do shit in the ring, but try some stupid submissions that he's not going to get. Uh, I'll take Michael Johnson by decision plus plus one fifty. I like it. There we go. Anything else on this fight card before we get the hell out of here? I mean, you yeah. mentioned it. Uh, Eric, you want to side bet? What do you want to side bet, dude? I I'll take Verna. You take, you take, uh, what do you Verna versus Angela. The shots on the uh, line. Shots on the line. Shot of what? Shot of what? Tito's wild turkey. Tito's. I can a a straight vodka. How did how'd that become a thing? Yeah, anything. Tequila, whiskey. It just tequila. can't be. You know, it can't be like some pussy thing. You know, it can't be like grenadine or something. You know, got to yeah, fucking. No. Can't be a shot of champagne. It's gotta I'm gonna be go with tequila here. Okay. Tequila. Shot tequila. Okay. Shot of Sounds tequila. Good. Shot of tequila. I got Verna. You got Angela. I like it. Sounds sound good. And then, did you want to side bet on uh, Frank Camacho, Manuel Torres as well? Should we side bet that? Mm. Since you've got Torres and we got Camacho, I'm down to do that as well. I like Camacho on that one. And I know you like T-Boss. If you want to do He-Boss Chikagian, I'll make that a double shot if you want. I like that a triple. I'll give you He-Boss three to one odds. <laughs> no, no, no. You talked me out of that one. Uh, <laughs> if you want to go with Manuel Torres, I'm in on that one. Uh, I'm, I'm going, yeah, you can have Manuel Torres. I'll take Frank Camacho. And I think Eric like Frank Camacho too, right? I do. I do. All right. Someone keep track of this and let us know what we owe next week so we can uh, so we can get it done. Uh, you know, I got the list right here. I'll show you guys a reminder on Thursdays. Perfect. That's perfect. Uh, guys, don't forget, give us a follow over at BTV Bets. Give us a follow on our Twitter pages. All sorts of giveaways we do all the time. Check out our YouTube page. Check out our NBA show. We'll be live every day. There's NBA playoff action. We will be there. I know Saturday there's no games. So you're watching today. This is what you get today. But Sunday, of course, there will be games there. Eric and Gina will be there Sunday. I will be out of town for that. And uh, every day during the week at 3 o'clock Pacific, 6 o'clock Eastern, we go live and have our NBA plays for that day's playoff action. 
You can see Leo on several things. He does the baseball quick hitter with me a few times a week and tennis and soccer and everything else. Leo's all over the place, so be sure to check us out. Don't forget, if it's free, it's at BTV. Thank you all so, so much for watching, and of course, good luck on all your wagers.